0: It's the Thot Eater, Thot Eater, Thot Eater RPG Show. It's the Thot Eater, Thot Eater, Thot Eater RPG Show. We've got vlogs for so the folks at the Map of the Week. Adventures in Art. Le Chadron Comatic. Oui, oui. It's the
1: Thot to the Fod Eater Fod Path.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Aloha Frost. This is Brian calling in. Uh, First time caller. And I actually, I only recently discovered your show in January when I was uh, was, was overseas and uh, uh, downloading some other RPG stuff to listen to. Got referred to you. Uh, and it is fantastic. I'm glad you're back podcasting. Uh, every week your free stuff and your hump day Blogorama provide so much stuff, too much stuff. I'll never be able to read it all, but it is fantastic. Uh, I just listened to your show with Joe Richter. Um, I love hearing about these topics, and actually, uh, you know, the the questioning that you do with some of the things that, as you guys pointed out, have been
1: either you know ignored
0: or taken for granted. So uh, kudos to you. Uh, keep putting them out there. Thanks, man
1: what is up everybody it is froth here thought eater podcast thought eater blog we are back to wednesday so it is time for another hump day rpg show and that was brian bringing us in there brian so good to hear your message really made me feel good i love uh you know hearing from people that have maybe never called in before and i'm glad you're getting something out of the show yes the free stuff it's way more, way more than anyone will ever use. I realize that. In fact, that's kind of what some of the final topic is about uh, later today. But, uh, and uh, making reference there to last week's show, where I had Joe Richter on as a guest, and we were talking a little bit about accessibility and gaming and everything. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you again so much for listening. Uh, so yeah, the hump day RPG show is a weekly show where I kind of take y'all on a guided tour of all the cool, mostly DIY RPG stuff that I spotted over the week. It's amazing that it's a weekly show because there's just so much, but that just shows you, um, just the, the sheer volume of the creativity that's going on out there, whether it be in zines or blogs or the cartographers or people putting up free stuff to download, uh, everything else. So I talk about it here on the podcast and then I put up all the links that I discuss in order over at the Thought Eater blog. You can just Google Thought Eater blog. It should be really easy to find and you can kind of follow along if uh, something sounds cool to you. You can go and check it out. Big show today, big show, tons of stuff, tons of stuff, looking over it, it's going to be a lot, I hope you're ready, have an interview today with Hodag RPG, if you've been listening to the last few weeks, several weeks, you know, speaking of the free stuff, Hodag has been dropping these pamphlet zine games week after week, I had to see what that was all about, had Hodag on the show to answer some of those questions. And then we got all the rest, all the other, uh, all the other features that you might be used to. Let's see, I should have had some of this open. I, mean, I hope y'all are doing well. This week kind of wrapped around really quick uh, for me. Um, in fact, I I normally have kind of a. <sighs> sort of a set schedule with the way I do these like I' I'll, I'll map out the blog post on Mondays and kind of get it to where I can start thinking a little bit about it. I'm not gonna say polishing my delivery because uh, you know the polish is non-existent but I do start you know thinking about it and then record them on Tuesday so that they go up you know first thing in the morning, Wednesday, uh, Eastern time us um, but today i'm having to do it all together there's just been too much going on but but anyway last couple of things i've got some things i'm going to mention under the intro tab if you're if you're looking at the blog post wanted to give a shout out to eric reitz uh they reached out to me they've got a blog i've got like over 1100 blogs on my blog roll but somehow you know i'll still end up missing a few Uh, And Eric is blogging over at the Reaction Rolls blog, reactionrolls.blogspot.com. So I've got a link up for y'all to check that out, doing some good stuff. So I wanted to give Eric a shout out. Also, Timothy S. Brannon blogs over at The Other Side blog. Uh, I've mentioned this one, you know, numerous times, Uh, you know, they've, they've come up numerous times. 25 years of The Other Side. They've been doing these websites, with, and I mean, they go back and they show, show you the original The Other Side website, and uh, it'll remind you, if you're old as I am, it'll remind you of the early days of the internet, you know, America Online or something, looking at this site, but 25 years of The Other Side, got to give a big shout uh, to Tim S. Brannon, uh, 25 years, Whoa. And going strong. So so that's awesome. Uh, big shout out to the Other Side blog. Then This was cool. Uh, the RPG LATAM Jam. Latin American Jam. A jam to create content for Latin America tabletop RPGs. Everybody can join even if you're not Latinx. It does have some guidelines though. So this is going on over at Itch. I just wanted to give it some more visibility. So I got that link up for you. Let's see, a couple other quick things. Um, James V. West, that's been on the show, does the Black Pudding Zine, really talented illustrator and creator. Um, They do the Doomslakers blog. They've got a new site up for their art, jvwest.art. I thought I'd mention that, give James a shout. Then I put up another couple of things. That you may or may not be interested in. One was just, I noticed an article on D&D over at uh, CNBC. It was talking about Dungeons & Dragons having its biggest year ever as COVID forced the game off the tables and onto the web. So we've been talking about this over the last few weeks, but D&D sales jumped 33% last year, adding to a six-year growth streak. So, wow. Wow. And uh, overall revenue for Wizards rose twenty four percent in twenty twenty. So D and D bigger than ever jumped sales jumped thirty three percent just last year. So and then the last thing <laughs> this has nothing to do with gaming, but I follow this one site retroist. Uh, they do a podcast and have a blog and kind of you know look at just retro stuff, various things. They did a podcast on McDonald's McRib. The mcrib is a fascinating bit of food science that refuses to be defeated time and again when it has been counted out it starts appearing again it just came up in my blog roll because i follow the retroist but i just thought a mcrib podcast for those of you that listen to a lot of podcasts it might just be weird enough to be something you might want to check out uh so anyway that's what i got for you under the intro tab Uh, i think we're ready to dive in Remember, if you want to call in on the show, you go to anchor.fm forward slash ThoughtEater. There'll be a message button there, and you can just leave a message. And if you want to support the program, um, shout out to all the folks backing me on Patreon. Appreciate y'all. Patreon.com forward slash ThoughtEater. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the program. A dollar a month. Check it out. All right, let's do some maps. Maps of the Week. Okay, so uh, one of the sites that I follow is medievalist.net. And uh, actually, I saw Frugal GM mentioning it as a free GM resource. And the site's all about like medieval life, medieval history. Um, It'll, you know, do book reviews. There's, There's an awful lot of videos, you know, oftentimes from different colleges doing. You know seminars or talks about um different medieval things you know there are all kinds of things about culture and diet and you know anyway it's a really cool site because you can get a lot of inspiration from it obviously dnd and fantasy games are not um you know perfectly uh, analogous to um to to medieval times but you can get a lot of inspiration from it uh kind of if you squint your eyes and look at it but but anyway uh it it you know that reminded me of of, of the medievalist site so i went over there and was checking out what they've been doing recently and they have a, a, a video called a brief introduction to medieval maps and so a video lecture here uh from february um talking about the di- different medieval maps which which all look cool and that kind of led me down the rabbit hole looking at a few Few other ones, including uh, some stuff over at historic-uk.com. The Hereford Mappa Mundi, housed in Hereford Cathedral, one of Britain's finest medieval treasures. Uh, a great world map, drawn on uh, these were uh, an English specialty in the Middle Ages, drawn on cloth, walls, or animal skin. Uh, but only the Hereford world map, Mapa Mundi, has survived complete and is believed to be the world's largest medieval map. And so I put up a couple of images of, this, uh, of some of the detail and the way that they did little building drawings and like kind of little, you know, creatures and stuff and the, in the uh, um, you know, in the map. And uh, so it's on um, Vellum and it's just really interesting and and it might be kind of in, inspiring to, to uh would-be cartographers out there to look at some of these you know these images and let's see what the date is on this i believe it's like 15 oh no it's earlier than that uh 12 12 maybe wait yeah, it was in Hereford by 1330, so sometime between 1223 and 1330, and they think it might have been copied from an older map. So, so anyway, an ancient, an ancient map for your gaming pleasure. So check that out. Something much more modern, Penflower Inc. I saw this person on Twitter and uh, saw them posting images of their. Uh, isometric maps that that look like a cross between uh, maybe Errol Otis and um, and skull fungus or something if you're familiar with skull fungus and stuff uh, really good and I love you'll have to check it out but what I really love is their depiction of traps you know there'll be a door a closed door and uh, then a buzz saw on the inside or just like a cannon at the end of a hallway so um, the, the one I posted is so good, you could almost just take it and run an adventure with it with no stats, room descriptions, or anything. Um, and I, I thought it was just absolutely amazing. And I put up a link to their Patreon, uh, Penflower Inc. Somebody to be checking out their uh, artwork, really great. The map work, incredible. Uh, someone to, to, uh, to follow along with and, and look at what they're doing. And then uh, over at the Acorn Afloat blog, uh, Jensen over there, trying to think of who their art reminds me of. They're kind of maybe the the Egan Shile of, of, of RPG maps. I, I, I don't know where to go with that. Uh, uh, you know, that's probably the best description I can give. They, they put up kind of like a poem, the lair of the bear that doesn't care, uh, almost like a Shel Silverstein maybe sort of thing, sort of poem. And then an, an image of just like kind of like a, a a large bear with like steps going up to its to its mouth. So uh, they do some really odd and interesting maps over at the Acorn of Float. They're always doing something a little bit, um, you know, in their own, you know, they have got kind of their own thing going on over at the Acorn of Float blog. So I really appreciate what Jensen does. So I thought that one was, was suitably different. Uh, that I might share it with you today.
0: Zine Club!
1: All right, so I am thrilled today to have on the program a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in 20,000 pamphlet zines, the mysterious Hodag RPG. Welcome to the club.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I uh, I appreciate the uh, the invitation. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a mystery or wrapped in an enigma. You make me sound like, uh, you know, I'm Boba Fett or something.
1: Well, the reason I use that phrasing is because, at least from my perspective, you seemingly just kind of popped out of nowhere with an itch page that I'll have linked, and it's just been boom 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 pamphlet game pamphlet game awesome art pamphlet game seemingly out of nowhere so but let's get to that in just a minute but one thing i like to ask everybody when we get started is you know you're working with these pamphlet zines you know front and back and folded they're 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 fantastic we're going to talk about them but were the first scenes you saw something RPG related or something completely different?
0: Oh gosh. Uh, probably the first scenes I saw were I think like, just like DIY. Like, um, I used to live in the Fox Valley in Wisconsin and, um, they had, uh, like a big sort of like a punk alternative scene in the early two thousands, mid two thousands. And, um, the, the, it's one of the many places I lived, but they, <laughs> um, I think that's probably the first place, the first, Uh, place in time that I sort of uh, recall seeing zines sort of passed around a little bit. And I think there might be some art floating around that I've done for some. I I never got a copy of anything that I did, but I used to do little sketches and doodles for the the punk kids. And so (laughs) Uh, probably, maybe if you live in that area,
1: maybe uh, I'm around somewhere. So. Am I just late to the party, or did you just all of a sudden burst out fully formed, dropping game after game, week after week? Um,
0: that's a tough question. I I don't really know. I just uh uh I kind of everything happened very quickly. Um, you know, obviously, uh, it's it, one of those things where someone had mentioned, um, how do, I don't even know where to start with that question, um. Yeah, kind of. So every year I kind of like starting last year, I should say, I uh, wanted to do something. So it was like, oh, I'm going to listen to like 52 albums this year or uh, sorry, uh, 366 albums. Uh, Cause it was a leap year. So um, I well, initially, I was like, Oh, 52 albums. And I was like, I can listen to an album every day. That's not a, not a huge issue for me. Um, so I have, you know, uh, uh, some, some, you know, at least a, at least an hour of downtime every day I can listen to an album. So I did that and um, I post them up day by day. And then um, I was like uh, this year, I was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And originally I was going to do a daily sort of comic strip uh, or, like, start on a daily comic strip. Um, and then, you know, starting, like, last October, and that just didn't come to fruition. And I was like, I want to do something this year. So I uh, was uh, online, and I got hooked up with the OSR uh, sort of uh, art community. Um, and that was really neat. And Because, like, you know, I do, obviously, black and white illustrations, and I do fantasy illustrations. So um, that was, like... <laughs> A thing where it was just kind of like, it just came, uh, everything kind of came together at once. And someone mentioned a solo RPG and I was like, oh, I've heard it like, you know, growing up, I had heard about people playing role-playing games by themselves, but I was like, I'm not really familiar with solo RPGs at all. Like, I don't even know really what that is. But I was like, well, if I had to make one and I was making it, what would it look like? And then I was like, oh, so I made Escape the Hyper Trench. And then I was like, oh, this is really fun. Like, I can just, I don't even need to, like, I'm very uh, computer, not handy at computers at all. So uh, everything I do is <laughs> very, very uh, just anything that I can make without having to type anything into a computer, basically. I can upload, you know, obviously, but like <laughs> it's pretty much that. So, but then I, when I, when I figured out that I could make them for myself, Um, that started, and then it was so easy to make, like, I think Escape the Hyper Trench took me probably, like, from concept to it actually being in, you know, a thing, a real, a real thing. Um, it was probably three days, maybe, and so it was like, okay, this is great, and I was like, I could do one of these a week, that's no problem, uh, for me, and so I was like, all right, great, so that's, that's actually how I started, so, and then it was pretty funny that, like, immediately people are like oh there's like like the solo rpg scene is really great really uh great bunch of people and they're just like you know really excited about that stuff so it was like i got like my, my you know escape was like my first thing that i did where i was like publishing my own thing and they were like this is incredible like and i got just a bunch of people and i'm I'm a Leo, man. Like, I just love attention. So it really, it really started me off on a path. And so I've just been doing and I went back and it was early, uh, I think, January, mid January when I did that. And then um, I went back and I was like, I can make, you know, 52 of these for the year or whatever. So um, we're on track right now. I think I'm, I'm, I'm up to I'm caught up or I'm almost caught up on uh, doing one a week for every day or every one a week, every week this year. So
1: Okay, and so you said you weren't mysterious. Well, we that's I think that all qualifies. So you're going to do 52 <laughs> of these. 52 oh, of these and, yeah. and so far for listeners, uh, I've been sharing these as they come out. The, Hodag is putting them up for free. And so let's let's back up a little bit and talk about the art and them cuz that's what's going to, you know, grab everybody immediately. As you mentioned, it's black and white. And you mentioned comic strips. To me, it's got a very clear, and I could be completely wrong, but a very clear um, uh, kind of harkens back to, to early comics. Like I see some old kind of Thimble Theater, Popeye kind of stuff. I've commented on that before, not just in the the drawings, but also the way you're filling spaces and doing little, You know, a whole line of little character faces here and there, and not wasting any space. What am I completely off on that, or what are your kind of comic influences that that have kind of you know helped shape? Oh yeah, well,
0: I'm I'm a big fan of uh, you know, I like uh the old adventure strips. Like my favorite era of comic books is very possibly it's either you know the sort of. 80s uh not deconstruction era but more justice league international and wahaha and all that uh but also uh the 1930s the golden age of comic books so i really like a lot of that was influenced by the adventure strips that came before it um and then also as just a sort of student of uh, um, American artwork and, and stuff like that. I sort of, you know, have gone back through and really dug deep into stuff. Uh, you know, um, Oh gosh. Uh, I'm terrible. My, my brain doesn't always uh cooperate with me, but, uh, the, the, the guy that did little Nemo and, um, yes, dirty the uh, dinosaur, right. um, uh, <laughs> i can't think of it right now uh, i can't think but, of the yeah, name either but i it, see
1: the i see that in your work maybe even yeah. like gasoline alley and yellow kid sure, and yeah. some of that old stuff oh, that yeah, was like yeah. one page that must be my conscience coming
0: back to get me or whatever um yeah the uh uh definitely you know a big uh a big a lot of big influences in you know pre-1930s artwork but then also stuff like you know uh uh was it jerry siegel uh you know uh martin odell is a personal hero of mine uh creator of green lantern um you know obviously a lot of the you know going up through gardner fox and you know um uh, uh as, well maybe not for art wise but you know definitely all the gardner fox creations and Justice society and things like that like uh um, you know, I, I definitely like I, I, t- I, learned a lot. Um, but like, you know, Al Williams, uh, Al Williamson, Al Williams, I always get that wrong. So I always sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, uh, the, the person that did the, uh, all the, uh, Empire Strikes Back comic strips and also did like a bunch of adventure strips back in the, um, I think Flash Gordon and, um, then also, you know, Hal Foster, Huge influence on me, Hal Foster. I wish that I could draw like Hal Foster. I I went through a whole phase where I was trying to like really emulate uh, Hal Foster. I actually, just picked up the uh, the uh, Chaosium Prince Valiant uh, role playing game, the the storytelling game, uh, and it's just got it's full of black and white Hal Foster stuff. And I'm like, this is incredible. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um. So yeah. So a lot of the older older arts, and then um. You know, people always tell me a lot to uh, they people really gravitate towards my like facial expressions in my characters a lot. I've heard this uh, a, a lot recently where people have been talking about, you know, sort of like, Oh, like I like how you're, you know, you don't try to like draw, like, you know, the lantern jawed hero and the, you know, sort of, you know, uh, uh, maybe uh, buxom damsel in distress or whatever. Like all of your characters look like real people or like, you know, have like, facial expressions or things that are more common and, you know, they look, more real and um that's i think that's like a kevin mcguire like influence uh for comic books you know from comic books or you know and also just i don't know i just i kind of like drawing like interesting looking people as opposed to like the sort of like (laughs) heroic ideal you know or whatever so you know uh you know i i still draw my fair share of you know your red sonias and your you know uh uh what have you but you know it's 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 you know i think i think i try to like I've taken a lot of inspiration from people in the past and, you know, and, you know, it's like consciously or unconsciously, you know, you kind of, kind of do that stuff. But like, uh, Paul Pope is another one that I like movement wise. I would love to be able to draw fluidly, uh, you know, maybe Frank quietly or something like that. But yeah, it's just, uh, I have a lot of influences I've, I've read and looked at a lot of images in my life. so.
1: So. I'm I'm imagining that as you're kind of you know to me just kind of bursting out with all this creativity and and wonderful art and and we'll talk more about the solo game are you getting like a lot of offers to collaborate on things or to people to hire you for your work I'm just curious
0: Um you know somewhat um I'm not super selective about uh you know projects or whatever normally I'm just like I'll just offer and be like, you know, hey, um like, you know, obviously some people seek me out, but uh, the uh, uh, most of the time I'll just be like, oh, I see that you're doing something. Would you, you know, like to uh, have help with that? Last year, I did a lot of sort of free work for people like my uh, ethos for games creation is I, I enjoy making things that are super accessible so for free um and so i also have benefited so much from like the community of like free free stuff like you know sort of like the ethos of the show too where you highlight things that you can sort of get either you know the diy stuff is is usually more on the pay what you want or free side so but like my thing is is that if someone is making something that is going to be released for free i'll certainly you know if they hound me about it and say, (laughs) please let me remunerate you for this this work. Uh, I'd be like, okay, that's, you know, fine, but I will offer, uh, in exchange for some creative control, I will offer art for free for people, um, just so they can have a handle on what they're doing. Because if they're making something for free, um, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'll give of myself because... You know, uh, uh, role-playing games have been very important to me over the last 20 years, and um, I'd, I'd love giving back. So it's like, you know, one of the... I'm answering a bunch of your questions out of order, uh, so I feel sorry for that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Yen zipped me, so now it's just all spilling out. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, so, yeah, a, a lot of people do uh, uh, come to me, um, but a lot of times, you know, it just it just sort of happens naturally. It's just a sort of... Uh, 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 not a holistic occurrence, but, you know, sort of something that, you know, just happens naturally, just sort of uh, uh, things will will come to fruition just not without without really either party seeking uh, a partnership. Somehow it'll just develop and congeal that way. And there it is. So um, that makes any sense at all.
1: It does. I imagine people are going to be seeing more and more of your stuff is kind of where I'm going with that. But so the solo gaming, obviously the with, with COVID, I think that's had a, a big you know a big influence on seeing so much of it not only that, but the scenes are just a great you know vehicle vessel for solo games so um uh, your your games so far you know some have kind of had like a superhero theme there's a lot of star wars in there. I guess you're kind of like a, a big star wars fan that seems to come across.
0: That that would be a, a a very correct assumption. I'm big on Star Wars, <laughs> so I love I love space fantasy. And um, a few years back, I read uh, the John Carter series for the first time, and uh, like planetary romance. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of like I've gone back through, and you know, um, uh, Star Wars has always been a, a huge deal for me. But um, you know, I've, a few years back, I I also decided it was gonna like I was such a big Star Wars fan that I wanted to go back and kind of look at the source material. So, you know, I, you know, <laughs> went back and watched The Hidden Fortress and went, went back and read, uh, you know, Hero with a Thousand Faces and kind of went on my Star Wars, uh, you know, journey uh, to kind of like look at the source material. And it's so it's so uh, uh, an appendix N of Star Wars, if you will, where, you know, I kind of, I listened to the... Uh, official George Lucas biography and kind of like looked back at kind of like the things that really influenced not only him but the people around him and took a look at that stuff and it was like oh this is incredible so um but yeah Star Wars is like a uh, Star Wars uh D&D and uh DC Comics are like my three big pillars of things that I really really are are, are really jazzed about so uh and have been since I was a kid so uh, but yeah, that's uh, Star Wars is is a is a huge deal for me. Um, and then, um, and I'm not I'm not a a person who who's very like I just like you know people get very you know uh, oh I don't like the new stuff or I don't like the old stuff or oh I you know I I haven't read any of the old stuff. I'll, I'll just take Star Wars just you know any anything from you know pre Star Wars all the way up through current stuff I'm a huge fan so I just
1: I like it all. So, a game a week, What? where are you getting this inspiration from for these different games? I mean, is it just c- kind of coming to you, you know, as can't yeah, put your finger so- on it? Or are you sitting around and trying to develop something? I mean, t- I mean it might seem natural to you, but that kind of creative output of doing a pamphlet dungeon a week with a complete solo game in it is not common
0: um yeah okay so are you familiar with uh like uh dc comics like the flash right so uh dc comics has this thing where like the 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 flash is this speedster character who runs really fast and he can connect this thing called the speed force and um it basically allows him and other speedsters to kind of you know zip around at you know faster than light or whatever Um, I feel like sometimes like I kind of like, uh, connect into, I don't know, some sort of higher mind and just a lot of my artwork just comes out of me. Like it just, uh, it's not something that's conscious. It just sort of happens. And, uh, which is great. I think that like, you know, uh, sitting at my art table, I can just kind of, uh, go out of that. And that's going to sound really (laughs) like either very like weird or pretentious. It's really not. It's just, uh, I, I guess like, you know, um, I have, just a creative thing. Like I I can't turn off my, my brain. So it just goes all the time. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, uh, the stuff kind of like goes into it. And also, um, the older I get, I think the, the less worried I am about throwing my, uh, hat over the wall and just saying, you know, um, yeah, like just let's, let's try it. Let's do it and see what happens. And, I'm not really worried about, you know, if it's going to work or not. Because also, again, with it being free, if it doesn't work or it's wrong or I have to go back and change something, there's no there's no financial responsibility. There's no burden there. Like, you know, I I made something for free and people can take it or leave it, which is great. That sounds very dispassionate. It's not it's it's freeing because it's one of those things where it's like when you make something that's, you know, there's no expectation it does actually free you up to do what you want and experiment and get weird and try things. So I think that that's, that's also part of it is that, and then also like for subject matter, like, you know, it's like when I, when I first made escape the like Oh, this is great. I'm going to do a ghostbusters one and I'm going to do a, you know, (laughs) you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, um, I was just sitting there like reeling, like, you know, at the possibilities once I figured out my first thing, it just everything clicked into place once I had made the, the first one and I mean obviously it's like it's pretty easy to like just take something that already exists and then make it weird and then like push it out and be like oh okay so um, I actually did have a, uh, 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 a a sort of space fantasy game that I was developing before this so 90% of the work from uh, Escape the Hyper Trench was for uh, is for a game that I'm making called uh, Space's End and, um, Space's End is really like, a, a just basically the idea for Space's End was when I was a kid, they talked about the Clone Wars, uh, but obviously growing up in sort of the dark times in between, uh, when, you know, uh, I was born in 85. So, you know, um, the Ewok movie came out in 85 and there was nothing until the Zahn novels basically and when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10. So, you know, it was, like, one of those things where, in my mind, you know, my friends and I would be playing, like, what was it like in the Clone Wars? And in my mind, it was a lot closer to, like, I don't know, World War II or, like, World War One trench warfare with lightsabers. Um, but, like, that, like, sort of digested in my mind for a long time. And I was like, oh, okay, like, it would be cool if this happened or that happened. And so I've gone through about... Uh, 900 drafts of this sort of idea about like what my space fantasy star wars-esque but also elements of you know original star trek or you know john carter of mars after i read that or you know other other sort of like science fiction things that i had seen like growing up you know with like that sort of dearth of like Uh, 80s and 90s science fiction and then when I got a little older it was you know cyberpunk and things like that so you know you you take all this stuff and it just sort of rolls around in the back of your mind and then you kind of congeal that into something it's like okay well I could do this and this and this Um, and then when I started you know I I had a spaces end game that I was I was doing with my friends my normal gaming group and um, so I already had like a bunch of like really solid like uh, congealed material where I'd taken things from other properties and kind of like, you know, mixed them up a little bit and you know, and then also like the sort of tongue in cheek week at the camera, like, you know what a Helm Visorian is. Like you 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 can clearly see what a Helm Visorian is. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> <so> <laughs> um but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you take all that stuff, it's rolling around, you kind of just and then you can just kind of like uh, you know, like a mana pool almost, you just, you know, <laughs> cast a spell, and it's just from what you already have, you know, up there, and so it's, uh, that's kind of like, you know, uh, how it was able to produce Escape the Hyper Trench um, so easily, and then, but once I did that, then it was, like, sort of the key, and I unlocked a door, and inside the door was a bunch of pamphlets, apparently, so...
1: Well, space is in sounds awesome, so we will definitely all be on the lookout for that and as I mentioned for listeners right now, I will have links up to Hodag's itch page where you can download all of these pamphlets for free, you know, print them front and back, and you know pretty soon it sounds like you're gonna have a massive stack of them so that is awesome <laughs> so. Um so spaces end is is kind of your next big project it sounds like that you've been working on
0: Yeah um you know that may come to fruition and it may not um it's you know I, again I I'm just kind of along for the ride <laughs> right now so it's kind of yeah it's it's one of those things where um you know and I've got a few other uh sort of uh things that are not quite ready for for uh, uh, <laughs> uh, any sort of, uh, uh, talking about in public yet. Um, but the, uh, uh, you know, so that's, that's sort of a thing. I am planning on releasing a, uh, a Spaces End, uh, pamphlet here soon, um, ish in the next, you know, two or three. So it's, you know, one of those things where I feel comfortable, you know, kind of throwing that out there. Not that I'm like, you know, it's like, oh, if I put an idea out there, like someone's going to take it, like we're all taking stuff from everywhere else like it's just you know i i really don't understand the mentality of a lot of people where they're like oh well you're doing something with uh, uh when i was in school there was a a person that i was in school with and uh, they had written a uh, they're writing a fantasy novel um and uh it was like 2000 2001 i was like a freshman or sophomore or something and uh uh the the this person i was like oh you're writing a, a fantasy story i like fantasy stories can I read some of it? And he's like, "You have to promise me that you're not going to do if you read this and you can never make anything involving mermaids. And I was like, uh, okay, uh, sounds great. And I read it and it was really it was really good. it was a legitimately really good story. um, but like it was just kind of like I, I don't know i, I that, that stuck with me it was as a thing where it was just kind of like uh. Uh, I'm, I don't view myself as having ownership over any of this stuff because we're all, you know, just especially in the, like, OSR or old-school adjacent, uh, as I say, uh, uh, because, you know, there's a lot of discourse right now about, uh, you know, the sort of OSR community and kind of, like, you know, whether or not... some Sometimes people have reticence to align themselves with OSR because there is a certain... Um, perception real or imagined about gatekeeping in that community which you know I I guess all communities you know I've been a Star Wars fan for you know my entire life so I understand that sort of you know (laughs) fandoms all fandoms are toxic fandoms or whatever but like the uh, um, uh, uh, you know with the OSR thing it's like we're you know a lot of that is just remixing Those ideas, which were remixes of ideas that came from the original stuff, which then were remixes of stuff that came from fiction or whatever. So we're all building on the same foundations. So I don't, it's not something necessarily like that. But also I would sometimes like to formulate my thoughts a little bit before I put them out. So it's like uh, over the experience of making pamphlets, it's one of those things where it's like the first couple of pamphlets that I released were a lot rougher than the ones that I make now. And I'm still experimenting and stuff, but I'm uh, with each one, I get better and better and better. So it's like, you know, or like, <laughs> I, it's easier on my end, let's say that. It's easier on my end to make them. I don't know if they're getting better. But um, it's, yeah, so it's one of those things where it's kind of like... Uh, I'm I'm trying my best to you know not step on anyone's toes, or if anyone has an idea, and that's also the reason too that I make all my stuff sort of like uh, shareware, open you know source. Uh, I write in that it's 100% free. You can hack, remix, uh, chop up uh, whatever you want to do with those sort of uh, ideas that I'm putting out there. It's you're more than welcome to use those ideas. For yourself. Make your own. Escape the hyper trench. Make your own. Like, you know, if you want to do, you know, uh, like, you know, say like a, a desert palace with like a, maybe say like a gangster slug type character. I'm I'm going to be doing that also. But if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to to it, it's in the ether now, you wanted to do that it's all there for you to do. So uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I I try to like formulate my thoughts a little bit before I put them out, but also, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I feel like the more content that you can make and put out there, the, like, it's, you know, uh, it will be better that way, I think. So I'm not very like, you know, obviously protective of my ideas, but also like, if I'm gonna speak, you know, if you're gonna make something and put it out there, you know, uh, I'd like to at least kind of have a a little <laughs> a little bit idea of what I'm talking about
1: first. So, um, yeah. Just as long as you swear never to draw a mermaid again. Yes, I've I've I've
0: I've taken a, a solemn vow by candlelight, and I vowed never never to draw a mermaid, never to even think about creating a mermaid. So you will not see a mermaid pamphlet. You definitely will see a mermaid pamphlet from me. Me now after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 20 years. My NDA is broken. I can uh, write... Yeah, non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. Um, oh. so,
1: yes. All right. So, um, like I told everybody, uh, I'm going to have links up to all this. Definitely be following along with this cool stuff that Hodag is doing. Um, kind of uh, taking a really interesting niche in the in, in the, in the hobby right now and, and doing something really cool so hopefully a lot of people will be following you along I'll put up a link to your Twitter as well uh, at the end of these interviews I usually ask the questions three are you ready for the questions three? I am alright question one what makes zines so magical? well uh,
0: I think that it's anybody can do it I think that that's the, that's the thing like uh, almost there's the the barrier is incredibly, uh, low, uh, for for entering into the space, and I think the sky is the limit once you get in. So I think that that's what makes it magical, is that low low entry, and then afterwards, there's nothing that's off the table.
1: And what is something you've learned making zines that you wish you knew when you started?
0: <laughs> um. I wish that I had, uh, just taken a glance over some of the stuff. I, you know what? I wish that I had initially made Escape the Hyper Trench, um, more family friendly. Uh, 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 there's, like, a few crude, crude humor, uh, specifically in the sort of numbers where it's, like, oh, that's, like, a funny number for adults, but then, like, now I have to preface, like, uh, uh. You know, <laughs> Escape the Hyper Trench has some crude humor. The rest of my stuff is pretty clean. So I wish that maybe I had thought about content more and about the um, sort of thing. And nothing too heinous, but it's just, you know, uh, some number jokes that adults will understand and and children will not.
1: Uh, let's move on to question three. Do you have a favorite zine?
0: Um i i do i feel like a little bit of a hermit just because I'm so new to the sort of scene uh the zine scene um the zine club if you will um but uh something that I worked on that I think is should have more eyes on it is uh hive mind's bright hammer um which is sort of a high fantasy hack of uh sledgehammer um which uh is pretty fantastic uh uh as far as like uh uh you know I, I i thought that was a really interesting project taking a look at sledgehammer which i have not played um i thought that that was like you know sort of uh an interesting thing um that was going on and then when i was contacted by HiveMind, um it was a situation where it was like yes absolutely i would <laughs> love to be part of this project so <laughs> um i'm going to say probably uh, bright hammer
1: So that is available for purchase now. Then,
0: yes, uh huh. That's uh, and I think I think it's all pay what you want.
1: Um, Excellent. So I'm I'm gonna have links up to that too, because I'd seen uh, them mentioning that on Twitter. Somebody, I I I don't know if I, I don't know if it dawned on me that that was already uh, available for purchase. So excellent. Well, I'm sorry for the hiccups here at the end with the recording process. I, I know that kind of threw a you know kind of through a speed bump into things Uh, but um, at the same time i'm just so thrilled to have had you on i really um uh, i've really responded to your art uh your spirit the way i see you you know sharing things with other people and you just have a real enthusiasm and then obviously you have a lot of creativity so i'm excited to see what you do next so hodag rpg thank you so much
0: yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me on and uh I absolutely I love this podcast. Uh I'm very excited every single Wednesday Wednesday and Friday.
1: <laughs> uh
0: it I definitely uh enjoy uh listening to all the the stuff, so it's uh the mutual admiration society over here, but I definitely feel like uh uh I'm very excited to be part of part of this and so thank you so much for having me on.
1: You know, it's my pleasure all right so it was great to have Hodag on the show i have got links up to their itch page so that you can check out all of the pamphlet zine games that they've been putting out again all of those are free also i linked over to their twitter account also put up a link over to hive mind's bright hammer game that Hodag was talking about be sure and check that out it is pay what you want but if you enjoy it be sure and send them a few bucks let them know that you liked it um, uh, also on the zine front, you know, Ray Otis, no stranger to zines. They do the Plunderground zine as well as podcasts. They've done, you know, dozens of other zines. They blog over at the Viridian Scroll and they're doing, uh, a, 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 review of the Cairn zine from Yochai Gal and a very positive review there um and it's kind of uh they're saying the the lineage of the zine is kind of a combo of end of the odd and nave somewhere in that kind of rules right rules light neo osr sort of uh, space so Karen, i've been seeing a lot of good mentions of this uh recently i might have to pick myself up a copy so um anyway you can read about that over at the viridian scroll you might remember roger thorne blessing us with some um, some information about the old Dragon Quest game. A few episodes back they blog over at rthorm.wordpress.com. Their zine is now available at drive RPG as pay what you want the anther zine and this was one that they had kind of mentioned. so I know that they've got some some Dragon Quest stuff in there. you know they, they do a lot to keep the game alive. So check out the anther zine from Roger Thorne. Shout out to Roger. I thought I'd share this, the, my terrible sorcery is without equal in the West. HDA's blog, terrible sorcery.blogspot.com. It's review of knock that we've been talking about recently, but it's not a positive review. And so I thought I'd share it because it just shows everybody has kind of different perspective. It's not so much about, well, it kind of is about the content. Uh, you know, they they make the point that all this stuff was blog posts before they've just got the blog post bookmarked and the, you know they're cool with just having it that way whereas you know for me it was kind of elevating the blog post to fine art i guess the kind of the point is their point is that it's just kind of unnecessary which yeah it kind of is unnecessary when you say it that way but it's it's you know a lot of things are unnecessary, but I enjoy them anyway. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like the extravagance of it and knock is certainly extravagant. Um, you know, just the, uh, the glossiness of it, just the feel of the thing and in, in my hands is kind of a pleasurable thing. So, but anyway, I thought I'd just share that cause it was just a c- kind of a different perspective. Again, no, not so much negative about the content. It's just maybe that the, you know, that it doesn't need to exist. So I thought I'd share that um, since somebody completely disagreed with me. Um, but uh, polyhedral nonsense, polyhedralnonsense.com. They've got a new zine out. They're describing as a spaghetti Western RPG sandbox zine, uh, the town that stank of death. So yeah. Uh, The Town That Stank of Death, a pay-what-you-want 15-page zine with a cast of characters, including townsfolk, desperados, corrupt officials, MacGuffins to build adventures around, notable places in and around town. So, yeah, Spaghetti Western RPG sandbox zine, The Town That Stank of Death. (laughs) Catchy title. We'll give it that. So check that out random tables all right let's roll on some random tables i've got some interesting ones this week starting over at zedek sue's tumblr zedek sue's writing hours and this is definitely an unusual one unusual one quick jackfruit you wake up hung by your head you panic you kick and you swing and you twist suddenly you are free Thump. you're on the ground you are a jackfruit. Yes, a jackfruit adventurer. You kiss the root of the tree that bore you. So it's got some stats if you want to play a jackfruit in your next adventure. Uh, but then it also has a couple of random tables that I thought would roll on these. Like uh, the tree that bore you, you, the jackfruit, the living jackfruit adventurer. The tree that bore you had a paramour. Who was that? It was a woodcutter who adopted you as their own. So the woodcutter adopted you. Little jackfruit. <laughs> and you. Uh, the, the woodcutter has a hum- younger human sibling that journeys with you. And in your adventures, you've been befriended by uh, a gardener. That makes sense. A childless gardener has befriended you, the little jackfruit. And uh so you have a bonus to checks involving garden tools and fire. You also have a bag of magic beans, but you don't know what they do. So yeah, they say they are working on character classes for a thousand thousand islands they're setting. and so this uh, this jackfruit character type looks to be one of those so, uh some unusual stuff you know any chance you get to 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 play a little living jackfruit you know i say you take it so check that out over at zedexu's writing hours it's also got a nice piece of art with it and then over at the throne of salt blog we're looking at 10 fictional modern faiths 10 fictional modern faiths these from dan over there so where's the d10 Fictional modern faiths. Look at this pig. Uh, Inexplicable adoration of a perfectly ordinary pig. It is showered with gifts and offerings, despite being perfectly ordinary. Hundreds of books have already been written, filled with rapturous praise of the pig, despite the fact that it is perfectly ordinary. Just a perfectly ordinary pig. So, yeah. Fictional modern faiths. They love that pig. It's a perfectly ordinary pig, however. All right, let's do one more on these. These are good. Uh, the Seekers of the Secret Tapes. Less a religion and more just a very devoted cadre of amateur investigators. They are attempting to piece together the seemingly paranormal events depicted in a series of home recordings taken between 1991 and 1995. The study has progressed beyond simply finding the two missing tapes of the four to locating the property it was shot upon, identifying the people featured. So, yeah, you can definitely see working that into an adventure. Uh, you know, the weirdo seek- seekers of the secret tapes. So, yeah.
0: Hump day bloggerama.
1: Moving right along, let's talk about some cool stuff on the blogs. Uh let's start over at Philosopher Zeus. Philosopher The world of Philosopher Zeus, weather dice and conditions for RPGs so philosopher zeus is just talking about how they use these weather dice in their games but i had not really seen these before i guess i'd maybe seen some of the ones they have but one looks really cool to me and that's why i wanted to bring this up it's like a d10 but then it's got uh you know the different sides are like sunny foggy rain overcast um you know i typically use like a weather generator automated weather generator deal when I'm running D and D like games, but I really like this die and I've gotta figure out where it is. I haven't really searched around for it yet, but but anyway, just uh you know, a lot of people talk about adding weather to their games and ways to do it. This one dice this one die that they show with all the different words uh for different weather types on it, this D ten, I think that might be my solution. I gotta I gotta find that. So anyway check that out if you're looking for ways to do weather in your games maybe throw some weather dice speaking of dice over at the Dicebreaker site dicebreaker.com they're showing off a kickstarter where the dice actually have elect their electronic led lights inside them bluetooth enabled dice from a company called pixels and so these are cool i mean you know, I've seen dice with, uh, with like, uh, what do they call them? Spaghettios inside. Them. <laughs> you know, uh, I've seen die, every kind of dice exists now, but these are cool. Like, you know, they actually light up, you know, have little lights inside them. So I don't know. Uh, since I was talking about the weather dice already, I thought I'd share this. You can check that out, Dice Breaker. Um, over at Joe5MC, their blog, The Renaissance Troll, the Renaissance com. they make mention of Stargrave coming out. You might be familiar with Frostgrave, or at least have heard of it, a uh, kind of skirmish war game well, uh, from Osprey. Well, now they are putting together Stargrave. And they've actually kind of got a free preview chapter. Of the book um, that you can check out and download. So, if you're into miniature wargaming uh, and you're a fan of Frostgrave, you may have already heard about this. It was the first I'm hearing of it, but Stargrave coming soon. So check that out. Uh, okay, over at Phil Vivarito's These Old Games blog, TheseOldGames.com, they're reviewing the 2000 film Dungeons and Dragons, and yeah, so. You're, you might be wondering, Froth movie came out over 20 years ago. Why even bother? Well, they gave it five out of five stars. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it five out of five stars. So you got to get over to these old games and read why Phil has given the Dungeons and Dragons movie five out of five stars. So check that out. <laughs> All right, and then uh, I think this is Lowell Francis writing over here. Let me double check first. I'm almost positive, but I don't see the name attached. But I, I'm pretty sure this is Lowell Francis blogging uh, over at the Gauntlet blog, gauntlet-rpg.com. They have done this series of the history of licensed RPGs, and they're up to part eight. And this is a really, really cool series because you can go back through the, from the '70s through uh, through now. Well, this goes takes takes uh, this latest um, installment takes you up to 2002, but uh, it's really cool going back and looking at all the different licensed RPGs from over the years. So 2001, 2002 brought uh, the Meta Barons, uh, Legacy of Zorro, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and and a few other things. But kind of scrolling back through these is pretty interesting. Like going back to the first one, you know, starting in like 1977, you had uh, Flash Gordon and the Warriors of Mongo. Uh, That's the same company that did Chivalry and Sorcery, I think look at the image i'm forgetting the Is it fantasy games unlimited yeah fantasy games unlimited flash gordon john carter and the warriors of mars star trek i didn't realize that the star trek adventure gaming game came out in 78 but it did uh dallas of course the uh from tsr or no that's spi oh and then tsr took them over yeah so that's from 1980 so anyway, I'm now I'm just like looking through it and just talking to myself. But but anyway, a, a really cool series looking back at different licensed properties and RPGs over the years. So so check that out. You can definitely kill some time looking at that. Uh, Perplexing Ruins, perplexingruins.blogspot.com, great post. Volume two of their short shelf of picks, not reviews but short opinions of things they've come across that seem neat. And, uh, so a lot, the reason I shared this is because I noticed a lot of products that I had not heard of, you know, I try to keep up with stuff, but I I missed a lot of these like Ian Usum's, a man on the road, pamphlet zine, uh, the prime material, number one, Troika supplement, a point crawl locations deck. Now that looks really, really cool from solo RPGs, Patreon 36 illustrated location cards. Each holding a D6 random feature table and three icons for terrain. Really awesome. Point crawl locations deck. So anyway, just sharing some some neat indie stuff that's been coming out that you might have missed. That's over at perplexingruins.blogspot.com. Speaking of indie stuff you might have missed, I thought I'd put some eyes on this site the rpg pipeline the pipeline.blogspot.com. this is just a steady stream of new releases they're almost all diy indie games uh, a lot of them come up for free they i don't know how they're doing this through an rss feed or, or, or i don't know exactly how they're doing it but they're they're pulling these in and the text that comes with it it's kind of the descriptions that people are putting up over their games um but uh you can actually put this on your blog roll and uh, you know, it, it's constantly putting these out like blog posts when something new comes up, and so it's it's a cool way to follow along. Um, you know, there's so many games and stuff that come out. Like, like I mean, almost none of these would I have ever even heard of were not for the indie RPG pipeline. Like, Once Upon a Crime, The Shadow of Mog, a post Brexit RPG, The Whiskey Role Playing Game System. Uh, project echo you know it goes on and on game after game that uh, i might not have heard of we're not for this so um just a cool site to check out and like i say if you've got a blog and want to stick that one on your blog roll the pipeline.blogspot.com. great resource for finding out about games that uh you know don't have a ton of advertising or marketing budget behind them that you might have missed otherwise what else on the blogs methods and madness methods and at madness.blogspot.com whose blog is this eric diaz blogging over there uh talking about minimalist D&D. you know people talk about trying to run 5e and they uh, kind of uh lo-fi or simplified 5e and their idea is just called sidekick DD, the easiest 5e available using the free unearthed arcana sidekicks rules that I guess they added to, um, well, I, I think they added them to the second starter set and they may also be in the Tasha's supplement. But anyway, the kind of little sidekick henchmen sort of rules that, that Wizards has for 5e, this is the idea of using just those rules basically to run 5e with. Sidekick D&D, minimalist D&D, 5e. So I thought that was an interesting idea. You can read about that over at methods at madness.blogspot.com. Finally, on the blog front, Ava over at the Permanent Cranial Damage blog, permacrandam.blogspot.com, put up a great post called "Brief Brainworms Mega Dungeon" that is kind of like a resource for kind of creating mega dungeons, uh, providing some scans from OD&D on the subject. Uh, links over to folks like necropraxis and michael curtis talking about them michael curtis great pick the creator of Stonehell, still one of the you know all these years later one of the true marvels of adventure layout to ever be released uh video over uh ben milton um talking about some stuff so just a bunch of like i say resources on mega dungeons uh very cool post free stuff hanging on for dear life starting to actually get a little bit of a headache hanging in there though gotta bring you the free stuff we got some awesome free stuff this week lester's ramble keep telling you vance is dropping this stuff frequently they've got a new one the sinking temple free adventure to download check it out as always uh, Vance A. And, and Hodag are on our, you know are racing to see who can put out the most adventures and most uh, games per week, I think. But I love that blog, Lester's Ramble. Check it out. Vance is always putting out something cool. Speaking of something cool, Scrap Princess at Monster Manual Sewn from Pants has been working on their take on Planescape, Plane Scrap. And they've got a new, uh, what would you call it, a new plane, I guess, uh, called The Grind, complete with their unique art and uh, and interesting ideas. And they've got links to the other stuff they've been working on for their plane scrap setting as well. So check out The Grind over at Monster Manual Sewn from Pants. Uh, Nate Treme over at the Highland Paranormal Society, natetreme.com. Has made a Stone Age business card sized hack of Yochai Gal's great game, Karen, that came up already this show. Neanderthal. So a business card sized hack of Karen. So you can check that out. Neanderthal. Speaking of business card games, uh, over at the Dice Ghost Itch, diceghost.itch.io, they have put up 24xs three tiny solo adventures these are all based on one of my favorite games the last year Jason Tochi's 24xx and so these are really awesome they've got the all the rules the rules are so simple the rules are on one side of the business card and then different adventures on the other side so uh, anyway this is awesome stuff um, I love 24xx X. So please be sure and check these out. Tiny Solo Adventures 24XS. Uh, over at Not a Thread, Not a Let's see if I got a name. I don't have a name, but they're reviewing Ship of Theseus, a solo experiment uh, played with a standard deck of cards and some random tables by Aaron King um and they're really enthusiastic about it uh so it's a solo legacy journaling game where you play this uh kind of captain captain of the ship you become a captain fix up the ship and sail strange seas ship of theseus so i've got um, a link to not a thread which will take you over to ship of theseus to download that michael prescott trilemma adventures uh, some of the best looking isometric maps uh, in the game and they do really wonderful two-page spread adventures uh, they put out a really great hardback book trilemma adventures that compiled you know the first 50 plus that they had done over the years and they've kind of slowly been putting out some more that i guess will eventually find their way into tri- trilemma adventures 2 They've got the Thwarted Course Adventure location up now for you to download. I highly recommend you check these out. If you're listening and you don't know anything about tri Adventures, you never heard of Michael Prescott or anything like that, uh, go over here and just start clicking because this is gold. Let's see. Come on, cats. Hey, let's not do it. Let's not fight. No cat fights on the podcast. Hey. Finally. <laughs> cats are getting ornery i think i need to go to go and feed them last thing i've got under the free stuff wizards has put out a free unearthed arcana pdf of some new folk of the feywild where you can play fairies hobgoblins of the feywild owl folk or rabbit folk i haven't looked at this to see what they're all about but um, yeah something new from D: rabbit folk owl folk that sort of thing Folk of the Feywild. The final topic. All right, for the final topic, I couldn't think of a good name. I called it FOMO, SHMOMO. Fear of missing out. Although this maybe isn't necessarily about fear of missing out. It's maybe more Kickstarter fatigue or maybe just just fatigue. Because one thing I've noticed recently You know, I would never fault someone for buying RPGs just to read and not play. You know, I'm way past that, way past that. But I started to get to the point where I don't even know why I'm buying so much, you know, things anymore. I know this sounds like, oh, what a problem you've got, Froth. But it's almost like an addiction or something, you know. It absolutely is. You end up buying stuff. And I was looking at, like, what really dawned, you know, what made this really dawn on me was uh, the new uh, Deadlands, kickstarter got the box haven't even opened the box who knows when i'll open it you know so it's not even not reading stuff it's like not even opening stuff so it's just kind of wasting money to be honest but i see something and i want it and i think a lot of this comes like so many things things are stem from when you're younger when i was younger i had no money uh And then now that I can get get myself these things, like I want them, even though I don't absolutely don't need them, much less you know use them. I know that sounds really negative and a little pathetic to even bring up, but what what triggered that is I'm looking at some new Kickstarters that are out, and they're all really tempting. They all look really good. Like uh, one, the Survivalist Guide to Spelunking and this is the it's for 5e the reason it really uh interested me is it's from douglas niles douglas niles wrote the original AD&D dungeoneer's survival guide way back in the day and i believe they also did uh cult of the reptile god was that the name of it Uh, it's a it's a very um well-regarded early module They've written a bunch of other stuff and this is being put out by adventure a week games who do some of the really most high quality third-party 5e and uh pathfinder stuff that's ever really been released their stuff is is fantastic so this looks great normally would be an immediate buy but i know i'm just going to put it straight on the shelf and so you know the other one this one's tough this one's tough from greg gillespie Barrow Maze, Duero Deep. Now, Greg Gillespie is uh, known for their mega dungeons. They did uh, Barrow Maze, Barrow Maze Complete, which is great, highly regarded, got it. Who knows if I'll ever run, I'll ever run it, uh, but I really liked it. So then I backed the Forbidden Caverns of Archaea, leafed through it, straight on the shelf. Then I backed their Highfell, you know floating wizard dungeon barely even opened it straight on the shelf you know and i'm getting older you know this money could be going to some things or some investments and um, so i don't know i don't know this 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 uh this final topic's coming across probably a little pathetic and uh Maybe like therapy, but you know they mentioned they're going to do six total of these mega dungeons, and this is where the fear of missing out comes in. It's like I want them all, you know. I really do want this. I probably will back it, but Gillespie stuff isn't cheap, you know. For the book, for the book, it's like you don't get the PDFs with the with the hardback, you know, and it's like sixty five bucks for the book, but then you have to pay. The at cross at cost printing for it so another 11 to 13 bucks plus shipping so all told you're paying almost 100 bucks for this book now granted people should get paid they get air Lotus to do art it'll take you a year or more to run through it so you're getting the bang for your buck but it you know for it just to go on the shelf ugh, you know and I know I'm going to end up backing it it's just the point is it's a sickness at this point is what I'm saying it's a sickness. Like I forget the stuff that I have, and I know it's from just you know having to borrow the books and stuff when I was younger and not being able to afford any of it. Uh, the last one, God, am I giving y'all, am I giving y'all some great Kickstarter pitches or what? These people should hire me. Uh, how about this one, the Terminator RPG? The Terminator invades Kickstarter for a tabletop RPG. This is from over at Geek Native. Uh, this one uses a game system I'm not familiar with. The, SV, the S5S system, which uses D10s, one of the dice rolled as a success dice, and up to five others are skill dice. So S5S. Not to be confused with 12v12. Uh, apparently there's a free kickstart for this already up, and that it's going to mainly uh, be to do with the time around, like the first movie. So players are part of the human resistance um, in any in a, any different time zone, basically the '80s and the future war. Uh, so sounds pretty cool. Don't know anything about the system, but again, the Terminator RPG on Kickstarter. You know, it's just kind of coming in terms of the fact that there's always going to be something good coming out. I think part of it too is uh maybe i just just kind of stick more with the zines because you know the format is easy to move you know take around uh they're kind of easy to read and get through and I, I'm, I'm having bad luck with box sets lately you know i feel like i love box sets but i i don't get as much out of them i don't break them out they're just kind of unwieldy and and all that but i don't know i know this is a downer of a final topic but It's kind of just starting to dawn on me. I've I've kind of peaked. I've hit peak consumption as far as buying all this stuff. Forget about the free stuff and all the PDFs and all that. I mean, it's it's just way more than I'll ever, you know. I could start just trying to open them one by one and probably spend a week, you know. So, I don't know. Don't mean this to sound depressing. (laughs) It's just kind of like... At some point, I got to just face the fact that I'm just piling stuff into a room and not using it, not even reading it. So I don't know, kind of a bummer. But anyway, the stuff looks, if you're if you're not like me and you haven't hit that peak yet, the stuff looks pretty good. Good to see something from Douglas Niles from, uh, you know, classic AD&D returning to the dungeon. So that one's uh, doing really well too. It's, uh, it's still got two weeks to go and it's, you know, way over its goal. And like I say, Adventure a Week does really good stuff. Barrow Maze, way over its goal. That one's gonna be do just fine. Um and then the Terminator, let's see. Yeah, it's already well, well over. So um uh, so yeah. Wah, wah. Outro. Alright, well that is the show for this week. As always, material, great. Delivery? Eh. But I started to get a headache about halfway through. So what are you going to do? It's, you know, the hump day RPG show has got to come out, rain, sleet, or snow. So how to just make it happen. But anyway, I'm so thankful to folks for listening. Really thankful to all the bloggers and creators out there giving me something to talk about every week. Uh, It's just like, it's amazing. You know, it's a a torrent. It's like I've said it many times. It's like a river of awesomeness. And uh, all this show is, is kind of just dipping the toe in it once a week, just uh, never ending. So this it's just, uh, it's awesome. But anyway, if you've got any kind of comments or you want to say anything about any of the stuff we talked about today, go to anchor.fm forward slash ThoughtEater, click the message button, leave me a message. I appreciate again hearing from Brian. That was awesome. Thank you so much for the kind words appreciated that also really uh thankful for hodag rpg joining zine club this week good to talk to them uh and hear a little bit about what makes them tick be sure and check out all of their awesome pamphlet zines that they're dropping got, they're, the goal is 52 this year you know so think about that you have a whole little hodag stap uh stack <laughs> When the mouth stops working, you know it's about time to hang it up for the day. Um, Anyway, if you want to support the show, as I mentioned before, patreon.com forward slash thought eater. Rosie, no. Animals are starting to get a little ornery. So, yeah, that means it's Logan time. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade zeroing
0: in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind.
1: Thought eater, gonna blow your mind. <coughs>